Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Beats. I am your host, Kelly Kennedy, and I am very fortunate to be able to share my tribe as I travel across the globe and meet incredible scientists and doctors and all sorts of practitioners and continue to expand that tribe to help engage and encourage and empower you to learn how your body really works. Because what we know from our heart to yours is that you have all the innate wisdom inside you to heal and that our job is naturally oriented therapists, medically enlightened doctors and specialists available here at Not Meds Global. The Beats podcast is about helping you understand that you have that power inside and what you need to do to help engage it, to constantly upregulate your ecosystem. Thank you so much for being part of our community. If this resonates with you, please go ahead and share this episode. We are always open to your comments and your questions as always. And welcome back to this week's episode of The Beats. So welcome back to The Beats with Kelly Kennedy. I'm very honored today to share an incredible guest who's been on all over television, all over social media, Dr. Vincent Pedre. Did I say it properly? You got it. Very good. Um, he and I met a few weeks ago, and uh, we have a lot in common. He is also an alma mater of Cornell, although he was one of the smarty ones that graduated in a minute and with all sorts of accolades and has continued his knowledge as an internist medical doctor, but also as an integrative practitioner and really known as the gut doctor and is here to help educate everybody about how practically in just seven days, you can heal your gut with his program and many other things that he's here to share. So thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I do feel we are, we are kindred spirits, not, not just sharing our alma mater, but uh, we do share similar intentions and in what we are trying to bring to the world and help spread a message of health and, you know, one of the things that just for them to get an idea of who you are that impressed me, not only when I met him, I just loved his energy, love his heart. I think he had some bracelets on like I wear as well, if I remember. Yes. Always do. <laughs> um, but one of the things that, you know, I, and I want you to talk a little bit about your background, your program, of course, but what you did with the World Trade Center is just speaks volumes about who you are as a human and as a caring doctor. And as somebody that didn't just go and get their license because they wanted to make a bunch of money, but somebody that went and got their licenses in medical doctor, because you really saw that there was a problem with people's wellness and you wanted to help them at a deeper level. Can you talk a little bit about what happened at the World Trade Center and what you did there? Yeah. So I was in my training uh, as a resident. Uh, it was 2001, so that was my last year, my third year in internal medicine residency at Mount Sinai in the Upper East Side of New York. And I was actually at the hospital the day of the World Trade Center incident. And God, I, what a, what a crazy day. I mean, we, we all were watching the towers as they collapsed. Uh, we were at a television at the nurse's station on one of the floors and it was like, it was one of those, those absurd things that your eyes see something, but your brain is saying, this is not possible. Mm. This can't be happening. Like this, how can this be happening? I used to go to the, to the top of the world bar on Thursday nights. And I had actually been there a couple of weeks before, like two weeks before it happened because they had this big band, uh, salsa band there. And it was just one of the best in the city. And it was just, you know, just so much fun to be on the hundred and some floor above the clouds, uh, dancing. I would go with one of my best friends and we would just have a blast. Um, then to see the towers coming down, um, I think, I think because I have always been an empath, uh, I could feel the sadness in the city. Hmm. Um, and uh, it really weighed on me in, in the weeks that followed. And at the time I was serving 
my rotations in the hospital and and completing my residency. So even though I felt the calling to go down there and, and help, I couldn't because I was being called to help at the hospital. And so when I was getting close to graduating, the opportunity came up to be part of a program that was being designed by the Department of Environmental and Community Medicine to provide screening to all of the workers who had worked on, on the pile, um, who had done things like asbestos removal, all of the, the disenfranchised workers, because the police union and the, and the fire department unions, they had their own screening program. So this is for all the people who worked there who did not have a formal screening program offered to them. And a lot of them were Spanish speaking. So I actually helped translate all of our materials to Spanish. Um, and I was the doctor, I was the only bilingual. So I was the one that saw all the Spanish speaking uh, patients who a lot of them were from Ecuador. As I learned there, a lot of Ecuadorians do um, asbestos uh, removal. Hmm. Hmm. And so it was really my way of, of giving back uh, in, in a way that uh, I think felt really right to me. Um, and it was beautiful because I got to be part of a research project, a clinical research project that um, from the ground up, because we were the first, you know, we, we started the clinic, we put it together. And I was there for a year after which I decided that I really wanted to get back into clinical medicine. I didn't wanna just be in, in research. Um, it was a great, I mean, it was just a wonderful group of people. Uh, I was working with uh, two of my friends who had graduated with me from residency. So it was really nice to be there uh, with, with friends and also become friends with uh, all the staff. And really we became kind of like a family there. And uh, it was just felt like a way to give back when I couldn't give back initially because I had to fulfill my duties as a resident. So I couldn't just leave and, and go and be present at the pile. But it, it was a, a way for me to, to connect with what had happened and feel like I at least played some part in help, helping the healing process from an event that really sent a shockwave through, I know it went through our country, but especially through New York City. I mean, the shift in the energy in New York City at the time was palpable. And uh, yeah, I think it, it felt like it, it allowed me to feel whole with that. You know, I think if I had not done something, I think it would have been kind of like a sort of like an an open wound or something that just never, never healed. Yeah. So it was, it was really, it was really an honor to be able to be part of this team that was selected to spearhead this research project that was given grant, they were given grant money from the NIH to be able to do this. And that program continued for years. Um, I think it might still be running to some extent. Um, it expanded. Uh, we recognized that there wasn't any, any arm to look at the, the psychological effects. And eventually they brought that in. Uh, we, re we recognized that we needed an ear, nose and throat specialist and they en ended up bringing that in. So a lot of the things that we kind of, you know, advised on that was missing, uh, they were able to get grant money for and, and bring that in. So it was, uh, it was really a great experience. Uh, I'm, I feel very lucky to have been part of that. Well, what stood out for me with everything you just said as well, and when I read about it, was that you focused the organization and what you just mentioned that you brought to it was more the respiratory aspects and the psycho-emotional aspects. And I feel when I read that, like how reminiscent of what we're dealing with today, that people, it's a palpable stress that's going on over the last year and a half. And People feel out of control, not knowing how their body really works. And that was how I felt when I started this podcast as a mission to help educate people about how their body really works, to arm them, empower them to be able to manage their own 
health, because we know if their gut doesn't work, if they're stressed, then that's going to throw off their psychoemotional health. And absolutely. One of the reasons when we sat at that luncheon at that last event, I like literally, it was like Chris, Dr. Christine introduced us and I was like, oh my God, I love his energy. I love his magnetism. I love his vibe, if you will, that you send out because it's so clear. And, you know, it's, I'm very blessed that I have colleagues across the world as you do that resonate very easily with us, but that's not the mainstream. That's not what I experience when I go to the grocery store or I walk in to pick up my kid at school or whatever. Yeah. And, and I, it just really reminded me of today and what we're able to do through platforms like this to teach people how they can empower themselves. So they're not in this psycho-emotional stress. Cause can you talk about that link a little bit between the gut and the psycho-emotional health? Yeah. Let's talk about that. And and I, um, as you said that, it kind of brought up for me how I was a hypochondriac when I was a teenager. And I was uh, really afraid of being around sick people, felt like the minute I got just a little tinkle in my throat that I was going to get sick. And part of me becoming a doctor was putting an end to the hypochondria, the more I knew, the more I understood the body, the less hypochondriac I felt until I finally was like, okay, I understand how the body works. Um, if I have a little bit of a sore throat, I'm not going to freak out. Um, I know the things to do and I've learned and refined over the years as, as you know, we all evolve and <clears throat> understand better the ways that we can support the body. Um, and this knowledge is very empowering, you know, because you feel, I think hypochondria, fear comes from a sense of lack of control. Mm -hmm. And the more you understand your body, the more you realize, oh, I am in the driver's seat more than I think. And my behaviors have a direct effect on my health. So... I do have it in my power if I choose not to eat that donut and instead eat a salad, then I'm making a choice for my health. You know, so it just, it's, it's been a lifelong journey, but it, when you were saying that, it just reminded me of, of the hypochondria and the hypochondriac that I was as a child and how that ended through medical school, when I started understanding the mechanism of disease and, and the mechanisms in the body. And speaking of that, you know, the, the, we can make ourselves sick, mm -hmm. right? Through the mind uh, body connection and the mind gut connection. It's such an important uh, interaction network. Um, and I tell people that the gut and the brain are connected through the vagus nerve, which is like a telephone wire allowing the brain and the gut to speak to each other, except that most of the wires are actually like about 80 to 90% are pointing up to the brain from the gut, not the other way around. We would think that the brain is the master controller, but it's not. <clears throat> and, it's, and it's so interesting because we do really have three brains. You know, we've had the brain that everybody thinks about here in our heads. And then we have the gut brain. And then we have the heart brain. And I think part of life is really learning to listen to the gut brain and the heart brain and to not let your over-reasoning brain overrule the messages coming in from the heart and from the gut. You know, it's, I think, and that's something that is has come up a lot uh raising a teenager my son who's 17 years old and i see him struggle and part of the struggle that i i see is that his gut and his heart know what he wants to do but his brain starts to overthink it starts to think about well if this then that and if i do this then this consequence but then that steers him away from what his authentic self is which is coming from the heart which is coming from from his gut trusting those things and i think that's one of uh life's biggest lessons is to really start trusting what's coming from there 
because that, that can influence so many things, including our health choices. You know, so a lot of times when I'm working with a patient, uh, they're asking me, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, I have patients who will abdicate their autonomy and say, well, doctor, what should I do? And oftentimes, unless there's a clear piece where I know more than they do, uh, I like to turn it back on them and say, well, what do you think you should do? You know, what is, what is your gut telling you about mm -hmm. this? You know, in other words, I want to teach you, I want to empower you to listen to that inner voice, to start trusting it, to know that it is there to guide you, that you don't have to seek outside of yourself all the knowledge that you need in order to be healthy. Um, that it is also inside of you and that there is an intuition and intelligence inside every person that will tell them things like, oh, I'm craving red meat. You know, maybe your body needs some iron or, you know, I don't really think I should eat this donut, whatever. It's not, it doesn't feel right. Um, and then you override it and you do it anyway. And then, oh, I feel so sick. Why did I do that? Well, you're learning to listen to your intuition. And when we don't, then uh, we go against what our bodies, the true wisdom of our bodies is asking for. And I think that's an important part of the journey is recognizing that there is an intelligence to the gut. Um, and I like to think of the, the gut microbiome as a supercomputer mm -hmm. that is sending messages to the body and I actually had, I mean, I have sometimes uh, I get into, I'm going to call it a flow state, an expanded state, a connected state uh, of being where I might make interconnections and see things uh, in ways that aren't normal, you know, and one time I was taking a shower and I was thinking about the gut microbiome and I started seeing like a computer screen with ones and zeros like this, like you see like in the matrix or whatever, like all these ones and zeros coming down. And I realized, um, you know, those are like bits. And I thought, wow, a gut microbiome is a super, super computer and it's communicating with us through information that it's sending in the form of postbiotics. And that's what we have inside our guts. We have a supercomputer. We have a galaxy. We have a whole gal we have more than a galaxy. I mean there are 400 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy and there are 100 trillion bacteria in our guts. So we have more bacterial units in our gut than we have stars in the Milky Way galaxy. I mean, just to think about that, then you are carrying a galaxy inside your gut, every single individual. And if that is the case, then how would you take care of it knowing that you've got a whole immense ecosystem packed into your gut? There's an intelligence there and it speaks to us through what we give it. So it depends on the foods that we're eating, the thoughts that we hold, even um, carrying a high stress level can affect the makeup of the gut microbiome by raising cortisol levels. And that it then affects vagal tone. It affects the, the permeability of the gut. So it can result in leaky gut when you're carrying uh, very high stress. Um, and for anybody who's listening, have you ever felt really stressed and you feel like when you eat food sits like a brick in your stomach, like you can't digest. Well, that's the effect of the vagus. You're, you're losing vagal tone. You're not producing enough enzymes. Your stomach acid production drops. You're not gonna be able to digest protein properly. And if that is a chronic issue, then you're gonna find that maybe you start getting anxious. Maybe you start getting a bit depressed. Uh, well, you're not breaking down your protein into component amino acids that are necessary as the building blocks for neurotransmitters that are gonna help keep you balanced. And most of those neurotransmitters are coming from the gut, like serotonin, 95% of serotonin is produced in the gut. So the gut becomes 
this crossroads of our psychoneuroimmunology. I mean, it's also the biggest uh, reservoir of the immune system uh, aside, outside of the lymph nodes uh, all along the gut lining. 70% of the immune system lives there. Love you so much. Like I, it's hard for me not to talk, but everything you're saying is like exactly what we've talked about in this podcast and just keep going. But you brought up the lymph and you know, I'm the lymph queen and like nobody ever brings up the lymph. Rarely do they bring it up before me and little do you know about me, but you do. And I don't know if you know, remember that, but I'm like the lymph queen. I love this. I, I know that everything you've said, I mean, right from trying to get people to understand. And I want to just have them land that a minute that you're getting more information from your gut and your heart up to the brain than the brain is sending down. And the psychoneuroimmunology, I love that concept of people understanding that that is where we get our immune system from and our our personality from, and that it is this computer system. And you mentioned the matrix, my all time favorite movie. It's (laughs) because it's a documentary about what's really going on, red pill, blue pill. And, and everything that you've also brought up is like, I'm just resonant to the fact that you as an internist, like how you did not get this through standard medical school. I can, there's just no, because God bless you for coming onto the light side of things and really understanding that, you know, my mother's life was just saved as we were talking about in the hospital with COVID at 81 years old with every comorbidity you could have. And yet I know by being able to show up and being able to hold her and kiss her and give her a sound of soul session helped heal her more than the medicines that were in her veins. But what blew my mind was the first morning she was in the hospital when I called her. First of all, she was freezing because they had nothing on her but like that hospital gown. So I went and got her a robe and a nice nightgown and nice heavy socks. But secondly was, mom, what'd you have for breakfast? And I almost fell over, Dr. Pedro. They had her on a half of an English muffin, a bowl of cereal, and a cup of coffee. She's type two diabetic fighting for her life with COVID pneumonia, having obesity, depression, and you're giving her sugar to feed her gut into acid and, and then disallowing her family, which I was able to overcome that, but disallowing her family to visit. And how is she supposed to heal if she's in total stress mode? And that, uh, that, that reminds me of a study that was published. It was a, a more of an observational study, but it was done on COVID-19 patients looking at their gut microbiome um, and analyzing the, the types of bacteria that were present and whether there were strains that were more inflammatory versus strains that uh, help promote um, anti-inflammation. And what they found is that it was it was almost like you could predict which patients were going to end up in the hospital and with more severe COVID based on the makeup of their gut microbiome. And the ones that had strains that were more inflammatory were the ones who tended to end up with the more severe case of COVID-19. And look, it's not a double blind controlled study. It's an observational study. So, you know, you can argue, you know, we don't know, is it true cause and effect? We're looking at a pattern, you know, we're just saying, hey, we looked at these patients and we noticed that the ones that didn't end up in the hospital, they didn't have the same bacterial makeup as the ones that did. And the ones that did and had more severe COVID had certain types of bacterial strains that increase inflammation in the body. So, and I love that someone actually decided to look at this and ask, you know, because we're wondering, well, why are there outliers? Why is there someone who's supposed to be younger and healthier and why do they end up in the hospital with severe COVID? Well, maybe we're not looking at everything that we need to look at. You know, did you look at their gut microbiome? Did you look at their inflammatory markers? You know, Did you look I at their dental piece to see if there's yeah. an interference? Yeah, I agree 100%. There's, a, there's a lot that needs to be looked at. Isn't that what science is, though? Observations and theories based upon observations? I mean, I think that we've gotten kind of I mean, of that's lost. where testing starts is we, right. we observe a, a pattern and then we ask, well, can this pattern be repeated? Right. You know, in this case, 
the question would be, can we, can we make some sort of intervention with the gut microbiome to reduce inflammation in the body that will improve outcomes? Um, and we know that we can make quite rapid changes in the gut microbiome by introducing probiotics to the gut. Uh, and that can cause a pretty rapid shift in what's happening in the gut. We can also create a really rapid shift by feeding someone an English muffin and cereal with, that's probably sugary with maybe milk. Um, and that causes shifts in the gut microbiome uh, to type of bacteria that like to eat these types of things, which are not gonna be friendly bacteria for the body. So, you know, we have the power based on what we're putting in our mouths. And maybe one day the hospitals in this country will catch up, up with that and stop giving patients the wrong foods. Um, even artificial sweeteners, which we know feed a subset of the gut microbiome that actually causes insulin resistance and weight gain. So we've got we've to really watch out for, for those. Uh, when we're thinking about you know, how, do, how do we create health in the body and what, we can, what can we do to foster uh, better microbial diversity and help people even after they've been exposed to antibiotics? Like how do you, how do you get their gut back to baseline, back to normal? Um, and it could be a combination of probiotics uh, and as well as eating fiber-rich foods and fermented foods. And we need a combination of all those things, uh, as well as avoiding added sugar, alcohol, uh, excess, caffeine, the you know, types of things that bog down uh, both the gut and the liver detox system. Uh, those things are not gonna assist in the healing process. And the love and the calmness and the, the, re, the relaxation mode, of course, right? Yeah. You, you're amazing as we knew already, but I know that this is, I, I don't want to take you off track from what you were about to say. And I interrupted when you started talking about lymph nodes, cause I got overly excited, but you started talking about the, um, psychoneuroimmunology and yeah. the lymph nodes. So if you would like, and, to and our, and our white blood cells have receptors for neurotransmitters. And think about that, like white blood cells have receptors for neurotransmitters. So there is a cross, you know, between our thoughts and even how our immune system behaves, mm. you know, and I think that's something really important to realize. And at the same token, not with providing blame, because I think there are people out there who might think, well, are you saying that I'm responsible for my illness? And there is some crossroads, you know, there's a lot of things that can create illness, exposure to pesticides, exposure to environmental toxins, to mold, uh, underlying chronic infections like Lyme, uh, tick-borne illnesses, uh, viruses, you know, so things are not that simple, you know, and I think that's, that's something that uh, as, a, as a gut health specialist, I think you can particularly appreciate or I, I appreciate is the complexity of our system. You know, our, the body is this symphony that's trying to play in tune, but oftentimes instruments will go out of tune, will go out of pitch. And the goal is to bring the body back into balance. And you do that by building the foundations, uh, the gut, the immune system, you know, even, even just thinking that infection is all about attacking the invader, that is only half the story. The other half is infection is about supporting our immune system and what you can do to support the immune system through relaxation, through breath work, through even, uh, you know, uh, like Wim Hof has shown through cold exposure actually increases natural killer cell activity. So Hormetic challenges, uh, both heat and cold, can be really good for improving immune function as well and improving functioning of the, of the different systems in the body. Um, but, you know, I feel like I'm, uh, I don't know, now I'm kind of like all over the place talking about this stuff.
No, it's great because we talk a lot about regulation. We talk a lot about the parasympathetic system and getting people to understand the the components of the two aspects. And I think what you're speaking to is essentially getting the body into gut repair, health, heal, relaxation mode, which is the parasympathetic. Rest, Rest and digest mode. Rest and digest. And when you don't have these external stressors, whether they're emotional or physical, or vibrational in nature, Wi-Fi, all of that as well, then the body's allowed to go in this healing mode. And that has to do with the vagal nerve. And the, the vagal nerve is the, the highway to this computer, the superconductor, right? That's sending information up to the brain and allowing the brain to stay in that mode or making the mode go, oh, you know, wonder attack. And, yeah. and it goes back really to what you said when you were a hypochondriac in, in your early years, as was I growing up in a family who had Hodgkin's disease all over the place. That's why I selfishly wanted to become a doctor. I don't want to get it. <laughs> and if I got it, I don't want to die from it. And I think I was a little bit of a hypochondriac. I never really saw it that way till you spoke it today. And I was like, yeah. And that's what I see so much is happening now in the world, right? You sneeze in a public space, and it's like you got a loaded gun now in the room. That's what it feels like when you sneeze or you cough in public now, because everybody's so freaked out about germ theory versus terrain medicine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I think you're right. I don't think we've been all over the place, honestly. I think you're very. I think, so- I think bringing the bringing the focus back to that which you just said, terrain medicine, like our our terrain. Um, and also connected to the external terrain, you know, realizing the we're not we're not isolated, we're not just these pods operating separately from the rest of the world. That uh, the types, the way we're growing food, uh, the pollution that's in the air, that all of that can affect our health. Uh, even just air pollution increases the risk for heart disease um, and for neuropsychological disorders like autism, ADHD, uh, they tend to happen in in higher quantity near areas that have more air pollution or compressor stations from natural gas that are spewing out polyaromatic hydrocarbons. All these things increase the the possibility for these things. Uh, But the terrain is really important and the gut terrain is is like basically terrain central for the body. Uh, it's speaking not just to your brain, but also to your immune system. So the those good bacteria in the gut are communicating with your immune cells on the other side of the interface. And some of them can regulate the immune response, including promoting the, the differentiation of T cells into T regulatory cells which as the name implies, T regulatory cells regulate the immune response. And when someone gets severely ill from the flu, from a virus, whatever it is, a lot of it is just the runaway immune response that is no longer being regulated. It's the balance, the the scales have shifted into this overproduction of cytokines, inflammation, and nothing's telling your immune system to shut down, even when the virus or the invader is getting under control and you start damaging your own body tissue. And that can happen also in the gut where um, having chronic inflammation, leaky gut can lead to damage of the, of the tissue in the small intestine. And then that leads to poor absorption of nutrients. Uh, you get micronutrient deficiencies And then that can lead to a whole slew of problems. The person might have mental fog, might feel fatigued, uh, might not be able to think clearly or maybe feels sad, feels anxious. You know, and you start thinking that these are issues or even just get sick all the time. And you're thinking they have a a mental issue, they have an immunological issue, but but what they really have is a gut-related health issue. And if you go back and focus on gut health, which is what happened with me when I had been put on 20 plus rounds of antibiotics as a teenager that had destroyed my gut microbiome. And thinking back, I was also very anxious. Mm. 
And I thought that was just part of growing up. But the more I, I, I balanced my, my gut microbiome and the more, and also incorporated meditation and breath work, uh, the more I was able to shift myself into more of that rest and digest state, uh, the parasympathetic state, which I am convinced is the only way to heal the body is to get into the parasympathetic state. I think a lot of healing doesn't happen. And even patients that I see come in with gut health issues and they're still in their type A world, working their high strung jobs. And a lot of times they don't realize like, hey, like inhaling your food at your desk at lunchtime, not taking a moment to be intentional to breathe, to relax, to allow your body to shift from work mode into rest, digest, and receptive mode, that that's going to affect the way that food sits in your stomach. And it's going to perpetuate the symptoms that you're trying to get rid of. And you cannot, you know, it's almost like, I call it, a, I know we talk about spiritual bypass, <laughs> I, I was thinking maybe it could be called a gut bypass where people think that if all they do is they're going to check off all the right boxes, I'm going to eat the right foods, I'm eating the right diet, I'm getting my salad with my vegetables, and I'm going to take all the supplements and digestive enzymes, and that's going to fix the problem while they're still stressed, they're high strung, they're not getting enough sleep. They're rushing from place to place in life. They don't allow space for, for rest, for expansion, for breathing. And they think that without that, they're going to heal. I tell them, no, you cannot heal without addressing this one other big issue. Because a lot of times, and even people who have read my book, they think it's just a, a diet and supplement book. But it's so much more than that because in my book, Happy Gut, I, I talk about incorporating yoga, meditation. Um, I talk about the gut-brain connection and how important that is for improving uh, the results that you get or even it's an essential component of, of healing, not just the gut, but the entire body. And thank you so much for making that point because- I know that you have a 28 or a seven day program rather. And I know it constitutes a lot of supplements and so forth, but to your point, so well taken that, and I did that for years. My heart rate variability was not as good as my husband's who's 16 years older than me. He didn't exercise as much. He didn't meditate as much. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. I ate better than him. I did all this stuff. And yet my heart rate variability was still not as good as his until I learned how to truly be in the flow state and be a flexitarian instead of this intense person that had to do everything exactly right, realizing I was putting all this internal stress. And now I take less things, have improved my HRV and CRT more in the last three years than I had for 17 years prior to that. And he always made the comment that I worked really hard at being. And I think so many people work really hard at taking the right supplements, eating the right food, like you said, and we're not saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, that they have to quit their high power jobs, high intensity. They just have to take different action within their day, right? To support and uh, your book, I can't wait to read it. I just Agreed. met a couple weeks ago and I'm, I'm looking forward to diving into his book a bit more um, to really understand the 28 day and the happy gut experience that you can, you know, we're regenerative and let's not forget that our bodies are resilient and amazing when given the right information and the right blockades are removed. So, you know, exactly. that's why he's so well known in this world and so sought after as a speaker, because he's speaking such truth that most people do not know, even if they're in functional medicine. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think for me, the, the foundation, and I think because my, my early influences were Dr. Deepak Chopra and Dr. Weil, that um, I've always felt that ultimate healing combines mind, body, and spirit. Uh, and 
And you can kind of think of it as that you like a pyramid of healing. The base of the pyramid is the physical body. The, the middle of the pyramid is the mental emotional body. And the top of the pyramid is the spiritual body. And if you want to truly heal, you need to heal all three levels. Um, you, can, you can do part of it and you'll get to a certain point, but you're going to hit a wall at some point if you don't address, especially if they're overriding issues in the mental, emotional plane or even the spiritual plane. You know, a lot of people uh, sometimes use, I want to say use, or sometimes physical symptoms appear as a way to distract themselves from realizing that maybe they're in a bad relationship, maybe they're in a bad marriage, maybe they're in a job that they hate, but they don't wanna give up those things for X, Y, and Z reason. So a lot of times physical symptoms can come up uh, as a way to distract from that or become the focus to take them away from the true work that needs to be done. Because if your focus has to be here all the time, then you're never gonna have time to address the mental, emotional, or the spiritual. And I think it's important to, to think about that. And also think about that sometimes what's happening in the mental plane is really because of unseen imbalances in the physical plane, like the gut. So there could be hidden parasites, there could be yeast overgrowth, uh, there could be a dysbiosis imbalance between good and bad bugs. There could be pancreatic insufficiency, not producing enough enzymes with leaky gut. And those things could result in mental imbalances as well. So it's important to recognize these things and um, to, really, to really ask yourself when, when you're seeking to heal, you know, whether there are things that need to be addressed at all those different levels. And to be truly and 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 rawly like as as raw as possible honest with yourself about that because you talked about removing the obstacles to healing uh, there can be obstacles physical obstacles like you're living in a moldy house and you're mold sensitive and you haven't realized it um, and that can also affect you know you're inhaling the mold you're swallowing the mold toxin uh, that's causing gut disruption leaky gut and that can lead to a whole host of issues. Uh, but there can be mental obstacles to healing as well. And there could be a feeling of spiritual vacuity that is keeping you from feeling connected and really truly enjoying life uh, or feeling dead inside uh, because maybe you're, you're in the job that you're just doing because you like how much you get paid, but it's not really your passion. Mm -hmm. So a piece of you is slowly dying. And that's affecting your health as well. And I've always seen these things as interconnected and, you know, uh, depending on the person, maybe the job issue is, is affecting their health more than anything else. Uh, and I've, I've told people at times, like, look, I'm not telling you to quit your job, but I'm telling you to quit your job. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and I say it kind of jokingly, but I'm like, you know, your job is slowly killing you. Mm -hmm. And some of your physical symptoms are coming from the stress that you're feeling at your, your work. Uh, a lot of times I'll see people with um, power conflicts at, job, at their job, maybe a boss they don't like, and they get a lot of upper abdominal pain issues, mm -hmm. heartburn, indigestion. Um, and if you think about it energetically, that's the, that's right where the diaphragm is. That is the power center in, in martial arts. Uh, but it's also the third chakra in um, Indian philosophy. And that has to do with will and power. Mm. So I was, I was telling, a, I was, I was sent, I, I, I was communicating with a, my soul sister a doctor. And I, I just, uh, we, I don't, we were talking about health and, 
and symptoms. And, and I just sent her the thing E equals MC squared energy is matter and matter is energy. Hmm. And I think we are truly a convergence of those things. And when we recognize that, that there could be an energetic influence on a physical symptom or vice versa, then we really understand, like really like talking about the root of the root of where things come from. You know, it can get quite, quite complex. I mean, you talked about sensitivity to Wi-Fi signals and stuff, but you know, that's the type of sleuth work that we need to do when we're trying to figure out where, where is a problem really coming from and how can we help a person feel better? And that's what I try to communicate in, in my book and understanding that health is not just what you eat. It's not just the supplements you take. It's also what you think mm. and your thoughts. You are also digesting them. Mm. And depending on the types of thoughts that you hold, you're digesting and releasing maybe toxins that are then getting absorbed into your body because all you're doing is holding negative thoughts and negative affirmations. And if you can shift that, and start feeding your body positive, nutritious thoughts and affirmations, then that really starts shifting the physical being because energy affects matter and vice versa. I'm so excited for you to come and have a day of self-care with us because <laughs> we talk, we do all those things that you've talked about right down to affirmations of self-love in their ear while they're going into the parasympathetic in the flow prezzo. Because what I, I mean, I've had medical doctors, we have worked with for us doing all the IVs and the injections. And I love medicine. I love invasive treatments at some level because it helps make a shift in the physical. Absolutely. It, as you've mentioned, we're physical, emotional, and vibrational, spiritual, however you want to interchange those words. And quantum right. physics has really just fed my soul and, and my mind over the last 10, 15 years of understanding Bruce Lipton's work and, and understanding that that is, there's this, all this interrelation. And that's why when I meet people like you and I'm just like instantly connected, we had a 20 minute conversation at tops, but I knew some level how resonant we were how much resonance there was between us uh, cuz you could feel it and as you talk it's like you're you're speaking the language that every i believe no rather i know that every single practitioner doctor and human needs to understand to truly achieve wellness and stay there because it's not a, a point in time it's a decision we make and it's every thought we think and it's every person we interact with and everything we decide to expose ourselves to and thank you so much for your work and so your 28 day or your book rather talks about happy gut and it 28 days, you'll change your life, but you also have a, a shorter program. That's a little bit more tangible for people that yeah. are ready to make some physical shifts as well as vibrational shifts at the same time. Can you talk a little bit about that? Cause I know your time is probably limited and I want to respect your time. Thank you so yeah. much Pedro, for what when, you're doing. When, one thing we've realized, uh, and thank you, is that, um, a lot of people feel intimidated by 28 days and, and sometimes people because of practicality, um, you know, I know that work travel is starting to pick up again and or holidays are coming and people might not feel they have a 28 day window that they can dedicate to doing a program. Um, that's certainly something that is most popular at the beginning of the year, like January, February, March, when there's more room for that. But uh, as a as a result of that, and and initially, I I wanted to create what I called the mini cleanse for people who just don't have as much time, and that over time got refined into from 14 days to a seven day detox, and we call it the Happy Gut Reset. It can be found on my website happygutlife.com, and it's basically a fast track detox program that is really focused on supporting the three pillars of detoxification, the liver, the gut, and the gut microbiome. And the liver can be divided into phase one, phase two detox. So it supports both phases of, of liver detox, 
along with the gut microbiome and the gut, which are the two unrecognized uh, pillars of detoxification. And we do it with uh, meal replacement, a zero waste shopping list, uh, a whole self-guided program along with supplements that support the process for the seven day intensive. And then for the rest of the month, there's a couple of supplements that, that people continue to take. Uh, because what I tell them when, when they get the program is that, um, yeah, you're getting a seven day program, but it wouldn't be right. It wouldn't feel right to me to give you seven days and then just say, okay, now you're good. <laughs> so I recognize that even supporting phase one and phase two liver detoxification should be a longer process, but I didn't want to intimidate people with that. So the intensive part of the program, the one that requires more focused dedication is the seven days. And then after that, they can go back to eating more of their regular diet, but they're still taking the probiotic revive and the detox one and two to support, to continue to support the process that they laid in motion in those seven days. So, you know, in other words, I want to say like, Hey, I'm not just going to take you to this end of the seven days and then just let you go. Like, I want to continue to support you because I understand physiology and I know that seven days is, we can do a lot. Um, we can reverse bloating. We can clear mental fog. We can improve energy in seven days, but I want to continue to show you that you can feel even better by continuing to support your body, even if it's just by taking a couple of supplements per day for the rest of the 28 days that completes a month after the seven days. And a lot of times people will complete that and then ask, they'll, they'll write back and say, I'm feeling so great. What should I do next? Mm. And that's when, you know, we can get them started on another program. We might ask them what else is going on with you. Maybe do the, the more intensive now that you're, you're kind of primed, then you can do the 28 day program or you can plan for it in the future. Uh, but I think the seven days is a way to show people how much power is available by changing the input that you put into your body and how that can change what your body gives back to you. And I know this is not medical advice and this is purely reach out to your physician and all of that. Let me just ask this though. If somebody's dealing with symptoms, like you mentioned, skin conditions, brain fog, you know, depression, anxiety, all that kind of um, ailments, as well as bloating yeah. and gas and bowel issues, would you recommend, do they need to do like a stool test or can they just go right forward and start recorrecting microbiome with the assumption that if you're having those symptoms, your microbiome is off and there's no point in spending the money on a functional test to tell you that your microbiome is I off. Think, I think a lot. And it yeah, and I think uh, what I've told people in the past is, look, you can start here and you can see how many things get checked off your boxes. Mm -hmm. And then whatever is remaining, then you can go in and be very targeted about the types of tests that need to be done, the types of studies to look at to see, okay, what else needs to be um, brought back into balance that is going to help you feel not just great, but at your best, at your optimal, you know, because I'm not going for just feeling good. Right. I want to feel optimal. I want to be at the top of my game. You know, I don't just want to get by like, oh, I'm feeling okay. I want to feel great. You know, so I do get a lot of people who are, are high functioning individuals who maybe have started dragging a bit. Um, they're, they're not generally unhealthy people. They, they exercise, you know, they do a lot of the right things, but they want to biohack. They want, they're like, they want to up level where they're at. They don't just want to be at baseline. They want to be above baseline. They want to feel, you know, really energetic, sharp. Uh, they want to approach life with zest. And so the program is for, for anyone like that to anyone who's feeling really bogged down, tired, mentally foggy, um, in a weight loss plateau, they just can't seem to get rid of those last 10 pounds. 
a lot of times that has to do with liver detoxification and just getting uh, liver detoxification working again, along with supporting the gut and the gut microbiome. And those pounds come off without effort. And I would imagine that that also by handling the microbiome, now you're handling the toxic load and the lymph can work better because the bowels can work better. And therefore the, the filters are cleaned and they're just going to feel better overall. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and they can find access to this program on your website, happygutlife.com. Yeah. If they go to happygutlife.com under programs, they can find the, the different programs that we have. We'll put and, a link at the bottom of this in the show notes for everybody. Yeah, that'll be great. And uh, they can also join the newsletter. And um, my newsletter is, is all focused on gut health or gut-related health issues. Um, and we put out about three blog posts per month. Um, they're all researched blog posts. And we tend to change the, the theme and the topics depending on the time of year, what, what's uh, going to be most important for people during uh, that month or time of year. Well, you are amazing. And I really appreciate all your time, your resources, your energy, all that you've devoted your life to in helping turn medicine on its head and getting people to realize that, you know, hey, there's nothing against allopathic medicine. We've learned a lot. Emergency medicine is amazing. We've saved a lot of lives with it. And chronic care wellness and optimizing, as you so well put, is really the way to thrive in this world as an organism. And one of the things that I want to just leave everybody with is one of the questions I asked every, I ask everybody at the end of my podcast is if you had a microphone and ideally one day I reach all 7.6 billion people on this planet at one time, and you have the opportunity to educate them about what your secret has been to being the success that you are. What is that secret that you want everybody to know to help biohack their life, to help shortcut what it may took me 23 years to figure out that it's all from the heart, for instance, hence the beats with Kelly Kennedy. What is that secret? Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing that with us, Dr. Pedro. Oh God. So the, the secret to, to health or secret to just Secret um, to you being the most, one of the most happy, vibrant, young looking, fascinating, interesting mm, people that we get to expose ourselves to. Mm, thank you. Um, I think I'm going to say, you know, I think I feel like there's many. Um, I kind of want to say two in a sense. Sure. Um, one of them, I think, is is my gift that came at a very young age that I didn't realize then uh, was my ability to get into flow through playing the piano. Mm. And I think the piano was my teacher for how to access um, states of flow. Mm. And as we know, when we're in a flow state, then we are in that magnetic potential that can bring things to us and connects us and shortens the the effort that it takes to accomplish things because coincidences happen and suddenly you meet a person who can connect you to this or do that and throughout my life um, there have been so many instances of that uh, and i think you know i thank my time having started with the piano because I, I recognized that I used to, I, I sometimes would practice for almost like three, sometimes six hours on the weekend. Wow. Imagine um, by the end of that, I was high as can be. I was in an altered mental state. So I think that's, that's definitely one of the secrets. And I think the other one, which is, one that has gotten me through some of the lowest points in my life because it hasn't been all roses and happy. You know, you don't you don't become uh, anything that's that's good and worthwhile in this world without going through obstacles and challenges. 
And the one thing that has gotten me through the, the lowest points, as well as um, something that I still use on when I'm in high points in my life is gratitude. Mm. Um, and gratitude has the power to shift your mindset when you're in a negative state of mind. Uh, because when you're feeling grateful in that moment of gratitude, there is no space for negativity. Mm -hmm. It completely expunges negativity. And yeah, sometimes you have to fake it until you make it. So sometimes you have to be grateful when inside you just feel like a curmudgeon and you feel horrible and you feel angry. Uh, but if you can do that and you continue to practice it and maybe even write your gratitude down in a journal, um, it starts to shift you. It starts to shift the way you look at the world because uh, you start realizing that even at your lowest point, even when things are darkest, it is still possible to find something that you can be grateful for. Just waking there's, up. Start there. Yeah, there's, there's, always, there's always the littlest of things mm -hmm. that you can be grateful for. And I think... I have my mom to thank for that uh, because uh, she is truly the one who taught me how to think positively. She was a glass half full person and um, she could flip me around from being in a negative state of mind into being happy again, uh, just because she was always looking at the, the half full side of the glass. Now, you don't want to be, you don't want to spiritually bypass and you certainly don't want a positive bypass because it's, if you're feeling negativity inside, if you're feeling sadness, anger, it's, it's important to give voice to those feelings to not suppress them. Um, so I'm not saying that it's very important to acknowledge and give, give space for all the breadth of feelings that exist inside. But like I tell my son, you know, identify them, voice them, then release them. Don't wallow in them. Mm -hmm. and, and then find gratitude. What are you grateful for? What can you still be grateful for, even though you feel that things aren't going your way? You know, because that is, that is a shifter that can shift your mental state. And that certainly has been uh, one of, part of the, the secret sauce, I think, to my success, which uh, has come like anybody else through many obstacles and rejections and no's and, and things like that. And you just can't let those things get to you and you stay in gratitude for what still is good and you vibrate from that frequency of gratitude. And it then magnetizes things to you. So, and so it is, know. and so, so it is. is. <laughs> yeah, we are super grateful to you to be part of our community and to share your wisdom truly, truly from my heart to yours and from your heart to all of theirs. I, I know that this resonated with a lot of people and I'm sure that a lot of people will be following your work now. And I'm very grateful for our meeting and for our beginning of our connection. And thank you so much for today and for all the great work. So go to my gut health, right? com, And he's got top 10 tips as well. Get his book do his program and you will watch everything turn around and have gratitude every single day as, as he has so much. And thank you so much, Dr. Padre. I really, really appreciate this. Thank you for having me. What a great conversation we had uh, with hopefully a lot of things to inspire thinking and transformation for the people that listen to your podcast. So thank you for, for putting this out there. Thank you. Hello, and thank you so much for joining us and spending your time here with us at The Beats with your host, Kelly Kennedy. And I know today more than ever before, you now know better how your body works. And at the very least, we hope we've helped you raise some questions and help you continue to investigate.
We are here to help you naturally optimize a better version and vision of yourself on every single level. And after today, you can better engage your innate intelligence and allow for proper regulation and proper regeneration. Make sure to subscribe to never meet, miss a beat again. We hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. And just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or professional advice and care by your doctor or other qualified medical professionals. This podcast is created with the intention to provide information and education. This podcast is created with the understanding that does not constitute professional advice or medical services. If you are looking for help in your journey and seek a qualified medical practitioner, or if you're looking for a biological, not meds practitioner, we can help you. Someone who's trained and a licensed health coach and someone that can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health. That's what not meds mission is about. I hope you have enjoyed listening again to this podcast. It's one of my favorite things to do. And if you do, please feel free to share it with your friends, your colleagues, uh, for the tips of living the biological foundational life and living in the flow. And if you have been listening and love the show, please do leave comments. We love reading your comments. We really do. And you can subscribe to us wherever you hear your podcast. Thank you so much from our heart to yours. Mm-hmm.